So here we are, getting close to the end of our retreat. And at least in my own experience, the last day or so of a retreat, this transition time, can be a very powerful opportunity to cultivate equanimity. Because when it comes to endings of any kind, we can learn a lot from how we relate to this impermanence, these changes. And as we get towards the end of the retreat, we might notice uh, a range of different reactions. So at times it might be something like, well, it's almost over. Near enough is good enough. I think I'll just skip the last few sessions and have a nap and then go for a nice long walk. And then by the time I come back, it'll be time to go home. A second common response is, come on, come on. Why isn't it over already? I can't wait to have a real coffee again and see my partner and play with my dog and do some serious binge watching on TV. And a third very common response is, oh no, it's almost over. I haven't made any real progress. I should have tried harder. It's going to be hell when I get out of here. And I know when I get back to work, it's all going to fall apart. So endings can show us our default tendencies, our default reactivity. And they're also a very powerful opportunity to strengthen this equanimity sort of muscle that we've been cultivating over the last few days. So in the Tibetan tradition, they talk about meditation and post-meditation, which points to the understanding that no matter what the circumstances are, we can always bring awareness to what's going on. Because on one level, whether it's in retreat or in daily life, on one level, experience is exactly the same. It's a sight, a sound, a smell, a taste, a physical sensation, a thought, an emotion, a mood, a mind state. Nothing else is going on, whether we're here at BMIMC or in our daily life. And all of those moment-to-moment experiences can be known with mindfulness, with mindfulness and without reactivity. And this non-reactivity and capacity to be with the changing flow of experiences is an aspect, another aspect of equanimity practice that I'd like to uh, dive into a little more this afternoon, equanimity in response to the ever-changing circumstances of our lives, perhaps on the bigger picture, not even so much moment to moment. So in the guided meditation that I offered the other day, I used the image of a mountain sitting like a mountain, strong and stable. And this image comes from the suttas, where it's sometimes presented as the mountain being unaffected by the winds of change. These are sometimes referred to as worldly winds. And the Buddha identified a series of different life circumstances that most of us respond to quite strongly and habitually, with either wanting or not wanting Some of you are familiar with these different pairs of opposites, these so-called worldly winds of pleasure and pain, of gain and loss, of praise and blame, and fame and infamy, infamy or obscurity. 
So on one level, it's quite obvious and instinctive that we want to only experience pleasure and gain and praise and fame. And we never want to experience pain and loss and blame and infamy or disrepute. But pretty obvious that this isn't realistic. Have any of us ever in our lives experienced only pleasure and gain and praise and fame? Probably not. But often unconsciously, that's what we're looking for or trying to achieve. And practicing equanimity can be a very powerful antidote to this delusion because when we see reality clearly, we see the truth of impermanence, of change, and we know that these winds are constantly swirling. Sometimes there's pleasure, then there's pain. Then there's pleasure again, then there's gain and loss and praise and blame and fame and infamy and all of those swirling winds are happening all the time. And if we're dependent on any of them being a certain way for our happiness, then we're going to suffer. So if we want to have more peace of mind, instead of fighting with reality, we start to live more in accordance with it and to accept these changes. Then we move in the direction of greater ease, living in harmony with the truth of how things are instead of fighting it. So in this next session, I'd like to uh, offer a way of exploring the truth of impermanence on a bigger scale in in terms of the ups and downs of our life more broadly. So I'll be doing this as a, in a way, a kind of a life review, inviting us to look at different eras of our lives quite generally and to connect in each phase with what we might call the experience of the 10,000 joys and the 10,000 sorrows. And as we open to the truth of all those different phases, all those different changes, we might notice that, at least in some areas, we're not nearly as caught up in them now as we were at the time. On the other hand, we might also recognize some areas where those still feel to have, where there still feels to be some residual clinging or resistance. And that's okay too, because part of the training in equanimity is to try and have equanimity for the non-equanimity. So if we meet any kind of reactivity, we see if we can just accept, okay, it's like this right now. Okay, so we give that a go.